video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch. Hello, to my name is Justin McClure. I'm here today with... Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where we go through all of this week's new Blu-rays and DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mark loves DVDs. Woo! Every yeah. time I say it, he's like, woo, 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 DVDs. My voice just cracked there, like the kid in The Simpsons a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, your voice is going to change. you like, hey, it's me, Mark. And oh my God, my voice just changed. <laughs> all right, it's very early in the morning. Okay, this is this is I'm not used to. My voice isn't on par. <laughs> oh, you have to like work it up. You're like, hey, this is Mark. Hey, this is Mark. Hey, this is Mark. Okay, I'm I'm back to my regular voice. That's why I always say my name in weird ways at the beginning. You know, I'm trying to like you know stretch my voice out a so little bit. So starting right at the cult section, we have one that people have been clamoring for. It is Southland Tales, released by Arrow Video. I've been clamoring for this one. That is. For I mean, sure. it's a film. I love exists. Amazing cast. I just find it so boring. And I'm going to buy it. Don't, don't get me wrong. Oh, it's so dull. I watched it recently with my pal, Will. We wanted to give it like a second uh, go ahead. And we sat, watch it together. And we're like, oh my God. We watched the cons cut. Oh, did you watch that? Okay. Yeah. Is it on the Blu-ray? I no, it totally is. That's the big get about this is that it finally, for the first time, there's a, the can cut is released in like wide form. Uh, they have both. They have the theatrical cut and the can cut. They only have commentary on the theatrical. Oh, it's a terrible commentary if it's the one they ported over from the first blu-ray uh just richard kelly just narrating what's happening on screen i really like this movie though i, I maybe you're not such a fan i, I yeah of course you, you know, would yeah this is right up my alley i mean i was obviously a huge donnie darko fan as a kid me too was, love donnie darko yeah donnie darko is great uh, i was very excited for this usually this is the kind of movie i wouldn't like because it's just like there's a lot of like whimsy in there yeah there's like musical sequences but for some reason yeah but you like all like the like loser cast uh and like comedic c- comedy people i love like dwayne the rock johnson a serious um sean william scott william scott i was gonna say sean michael scott and i'm like nope nope not a real person love sean william scott yeah i would say the only person the only actor i never really liked in it was sarah michelle geller for some reason she just right i think she's fun though i like her character yeah i, I like they her say generally, that the future is but... gonna be much more futuristic uh, are you a real fan, though, Mark? Have you read the three graphic novels? Did those actually ever exist, though? Oh, yeah, I have them. Did they? Oh, so you have them. See, I was I'm very shocked that they didn't release this as like a book version with those graphic novels. That's what I thought. I feel like, you know, I mean, Arrow's gone pretty all out with this release, but I feel like they could have gone even bigger with this release. Like, clearly they're buds with Richard Kelly now after they already, like, they put out Donnie Darko in that huge box set, so I thought maybe they'd do something like that for this, but no, it's just kind of a standard two-disc yeah, Blu-ray. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. Like, that's, if I was going to make a special edition Blu-ray, that's the one thing I would include with it, was comic books because that is essential to the film technically yeah this whole was like some big multimedia experiment right at the beginning so wouldn't it be amazing to actually get that all in one spot but uh but still i yeah i really like this movie i mean i will admit it's not perfect there's a lot about it that doesn't work i I do actually think the comedy is sometimes the weakest part about it I, i don't know if it's as funny as richard kelly thinks it is a lot of the time but I don't know. I just love the vibe of it. Love the atmosphere. Love the music. Love the cast. Just love the ambition. <laughs> the I love the ambition of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, 
I don't remember if I wrote a long review when I watched it last time. I, the big problems I had is like the characters are very flat. They're very uninvolved. It feels like at one point the movie's done and you're like, there's still 45 minutes left. I know. <laughs> it does tend to drag on a little bit. Every time John, my favorite, uh, the critic shows Lovitz, up. John Lovitz. Yeah. John Lovitz. Oh, I love him in the movie as like the psycho cop. It just didn't work for me, but I'm glad it works for you. It works for a lot of, a lot of people like it. I think I just, yeah, I just really like, I guess I've just always really liked the ambition behind Richard Kelly stuff. I mean, uh, oh, it's, a, it's a shame. I've heard some, uh, some scary stories about Richard Kelly. I, I'm sure he's he kind of seems like a prick to me, and I don't think it always works. Like, I do remember... Do you think they serve beer in hell? Oh, being one I of the know, films that he produced. He made the Tucker Max. He produced the Tucker Max movie. I always forget about that. But yeah, he hasn't really... I mean, he hasn't directed a movie since The Box at this point. It's been over a nope, decade, nothing right? since The Box. So, and yeah. I really enjoyed The Box, too. I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna lie. Uh... <laughs> But uh, for Southland Tales, I just like the ambition. I, I mean, I think with something, I remember with like the director's cut of Donnie Darko when that came out, I remember really not liking that. Made that made people realize, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, I remember really being excited for that at the time and buying that tin set and actually just not like, I much prefer the theatrical cut for that. So with this, I still haven't actually seen the can cut, so I need to check that out. But I'm, I'm going in. It's longer. Well, I mean, you've seen both now. Does it? Do you prefer one over the other? Like, do you know? Yeah. It's, one of them is longer and more boring. Okay, so yeah. it's kind of just the same thing either way. That's what I kind of always figured, but there's only like, what, a 10, 15 minute time difference on them? Uh, Yeah, 224 uh, is the theatrical and the cons cut is 238. So yeah, you're right. I would have given anything to be in that con screening when it like got booed by everybody just to have like The Rock. I was looking through old photos <laughs> of them on like Boo. on the red carpet of like Richard <laughs> Kelly and The Rock and Sarah Michelle geller just like looking so out of place at the time he had like he had full hair back then too and everything it was hilarious it's a choice that he shaves his head. i know no i know but it was just so i just am so used to seeing him like bald and jacked up that it was like kind of a, a blast from the I, past. Wish he, but, I wish the rock would take more like weird character roles like he was doing like early on too. in his career because he's too much like the everyman now which really bums me out yeah and this was a fun role for him like i, I do really enjoy him in this and he gets to do a lot everybody loved him in like um, be cool as well. You know, I ne I never actually saw that one. Is that uh... he's very funny in that the movie's terrible, but he's good in it. So moving on, uh, we it's the vinegar syndrome corner because we have so many releases from them. So we have Fade to Black. Now this is a movie that has not been on Blu-ray ever, and the DVD is famously out of print. Yes, and not very good looking either. It's like a really old anchor. It was bay an anchor disc. bay one though. Oh yeah, an ancient anchor bay. And disc. this is a movie about a uh, film fan. Some would say obsessed who starts killing people dressed up as his favorite movie characters. Yeah, I've never actually seen this one but always heard it's a good time. Yeah, it, it's alright. Yeah, I mean interesting enough that did I buy it like a sucker? Of course I you did. You did, of course. You bought all Yeah, these, I did you? when they came out. Um, yeah, I mean this, you know, Vinegar Syndrome new remaster, like Two, co two critical commentaries. They went all out because they know this is one that people have been waiting on for a very long time. We also have Silent Madness, which uh, most people know from the amazing uh, cover and the film itself, not very well liked. Uh, I had a blast with this one though. I could watch it in that red and blue 3D and I thought it was really fun. Uh, the director really like frame stuff for 3D, all giant wide shots, like not how you would usually shoot movies. And yeah, it's fun. It's a very generic slasher. But again, tons of special features. And yeah, you know, listen, if you're like me and you just bought whatever Vinegar Syndrome put out that month, you're going to force yourself to like these movies. So this is their first 3D release, right? Yes. And it's in... Uh, 
I can't say the word. Anaglyph? Anaglyph. 3D? There you go. You got it. And uh, also digital 3D. If you bought a 3D TV like five years ago and you still have it. Every once in a while, we still get somebody call and ask what 3D Blu-rays we have. And like, Ugh, they're not making those As anymore. I've previously said, unfortunately for me, 3D, the pop-out effect doesn't work, which always bums me out. But uh, I get depth, so I can enjoy the depth. Did you, I mean... Besides that, do you, does the 3D seem to work? Like, does it is it fun 3D? Yeah. Oh, it's definitely fun. Like, the depth in this one is crazy. I also found out that if I watch a 3D on tablets, the smaller the screen, the more pronounced the 3D is. So, like, when you watch it theatrically, it doesn't pop as much as when it's on a smaller screen. I discovered that when I was looking at 3D stuff on my computer years ago. The more you know. Well, yeah, the more you know. And it's I can watch it in 3D on my tablet because it comes with the red and blue version, which is anyway, the... This, this 3D, yeah, this 3D info session has been brought to you by the Bay Street Video Podcast. Or Vinegar Syndrome, I guess. <laughs> yeah, or Vinegar Syndrome. <laughs> uh, we also have, I mean, this release, everybody knew it was coming. It is Don't Panic, uh, a film directed by a Mexican superstar. I'm stretching it out because I'm looking it up. Ruben Galliendo. Junior. Junior, and yeah. This is because they've released all of his other previous films. <laughs> yeah, we've, the been last setting, few we've been setting this one. I feel like every time we talk about one of his films, we kind of mention. Did you see one. this when we played it at the Laser Blast Film Society? You know what? I missed it when you played it there, but I have... <laughs> you missed every movie we showed. You no, know, hey, I, I was one of your loyal, loyal attendees for, for a long, long time. But yeah, for some reason, I missed this one, and I was I was mad about it because I really, really wanted to see it. I did see it subsequently, though, and I love this movie. I, I am oh, it's mad. very, very funny. I'm mad that I missed it because it would have been great to see with a crowd and oh, the whole it thing. Killed. And I just remember when you guys were advertising it, you were constantly mentioning the dinosaur pajamas that this guy <laughs> that this like 17 year old like man boy wears the whole time and it's like those those are really like my favorite one of my favorite parts about it honestly the wardrobe i guess it's been kind of pitched like nightmare on elm street ish slasher movie with a grown man in dinosaur pajamas <laughs> he's like well, how old is this kid supposed to be like 18 he's supposed to be in high school yeah but he's definitely in his mid-20s yeah he's got like a great like perm slash mullet thing going on <laughs> yeah. too, which is this great. movie it, just every decision is a baffling one. It's like, I give you a rose. And it has like the most depressing ending a film of this type can have. Oh my God, I know. But it tries to kind of play it in this sweet way. I mean, I feel like half the movie is like a, like a sappy teen romance kind of thing, right? So, I mean, this gets a high recommendation. It was only ever released on DVD in Mexico, I believe. And obviously they have the director uh, worked on this. There's a new transfer, all the stuff you expect from Vinegar City. Yeah, it looks really good on this release and I highly recommend it too. And I've honestly, the theme song too, because the, the lead actor sings the theme song, the theme Don't song too. Don't panic. Do, 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 do. I was looking it up again the other day just to remind myself and I've had it stuck in my head for the uh, last like, it's amazing. Days now. Vinegar Syndrome is also putting out Forget and Gialli Volume 1, you double dippers, Vinegar Syndrome! <laughs> I know, I know. So, yeah, we got asked a lot about this set when it was first being released, uh, just like because as Vinegar Syndrome does, they release them on their website with Wait, but Vinegar Syndrome said it was a limited edition and it wouldn't be reprinted. They did. We I know, love and money! I know, and I was telling everybody that, A, we probably won't get this and B if we do they'll probably split it up and just do like individual releases for the films or something like that I bet you they'll still do that uh, individual release for a film maybe uh, a couple months down the line. But they've put this set together. I mean, it's not in the hard box, unfortunately, that I think it was first released in. It's just kind of like a regular... Those boxes look so good, too. Whatever, like, 
um, person to manufacture, they got to do it. They're like, they do an excellent yeah, job. Yeah, I actually picked, I managed to snag a copy of their Amityville set recently. I was lucky to finally get an Amityville set. I know you don't like <laughs> Did those you movies. pull it out of like the dumpster uh, where yeah, a bunch ba- of people threw it in? Basically. But yeah, the box on that too is so beautiful. It's definitely, yeah, it's one of the nicest box sets I own. And yeah, me. these are three giallos that they probably didn't release them on their own because nobody really likes them yeah, that much. Where, do you know much about these? I nope, I have look. them on my shelf. Haven't watched them. They have very middling reviews. You know, but if you like giallos, you, this is just going to be something you're going to pick up, you know? You're like, I guess I have to do this. It's true, though. <laughs> I feel like giallo fans have to pick up every single giallo release that comes Ooh, out. Oh, that is not true, because I'm a huge giallo fan, and I'm not going to touch with a 10-foot pole some of those Arrow releases that they fair put enough, out. Fair enough, Well, the giallo fans that come through uh, our doors here, well... Oh, but do I own ever. both uh, Forgotten Giallis volumes that Vinegar Syndrome put yes, out? Of do. course I do. <laughs> and uh, will I be picking up Volume 3, which I already announced they're releasing next month. Of course, of I course will. You will. You basically just work for Vinegar Syndrome as a spokesperson. At this uh, point. I wish I worked for Vinegar Syndrome <laughs> as a spokesperson. I'm sorry, I know. I would no. get those Blu-rays for free. You should. Yeah, you shouldn't even have to buy these. Actually, that's a lie because I there's some I didn't pick up this month because I'm like I can't afford all this and like like uh, this Ken Wiederhorn film, the director of Return of the Living Dead Two. I'm like I ain't paying forty <laughs> bucks for this. Yeah. But if Vinegar Syndrome had just sent them to me, oh, I would give a glowing review. Free stuff, send it our way. <laughs> I beg all the time online two companies being like please send me your stuff i have an audience i can pitch it to I know, we should be getting sent free stuff at this like point. i always look and i see people getting promotional stuff and you know i don't want to be that guy but i'll be that guy i look on twitter i'm like they have like 200 followers why can't i get that stuff i almost has 3,000. yeah come on don't you want to promote your stuff yeah here? they don't want it anyway moving on i will all use i'm not gonna say if maybe i have or have not sent uh to vinegar syndrome a request and uh was denied i will not comment on that many years ago uh, uh, i'm sorry to hear that <laughs> i know listen i can't win but i'll keep going being a sucker and picking up their releases you know what i didn't pick up the next two vinegar syndrome releases frat house and high school That's fantasies the, uh, obligatory porn releases from vinegar syndrome this month i mean one of them sounds fun uh frat house is uh billed as what national lamporns frat house which uh kind of <laughs> <laughs> that is an amazing title. Yeah, it kinda, it, that made me chuckle. So that's all I got to say about these. Though. And uh, I uh, make fun of their slipcases all the time. But I look at my shelf. I'm like, those slipcases look nice. They look nice. Yeah, all the vinegar syndromes I have, like with the slipcases, uh, all like are just lined up together. And every time I walk by, I'm like, yeah, those are probably. But the I just own slipcases. too many. Where I'm like, I just don't have room on my shelf for a lot of them. So, so I only have a few. I only spend money on. Mark <laughs> only owns twelve Blu-rays and DVDs. He'll switch them out depending on what his likes are exactly that uh dvd set of um you know the multi-pack mighty ducks never going off that show Mighty Ducks set is on there my aspen extreme blu-ray and now the amityville blu-ray how has there not been like a special edition release of the mighty ducks i don't know yeah disney is that a disney Disney needs yeah that's a disney there has never been a blu-ray release of any of those films which is really unfortunate because the first uh movie on dvd is non-anamorphic and just looks so bad like well it's probably on disney plus right and that's the thing i just think it's on disney plus um so i don't know if wherever just saying mighty ducks i know that you're obsessed with them but i haven't thought of them since i was a kid i had just like a massive flashback of that like cartoon <laughs> about like the superhero ducks yeah the, uh, the hockey playing superhero ducks yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i just loved hockey and you know loved disney movies and loved emilio estevez so it all just kind of came together for me. Uh, i mean the thing is i never watched hockey or cared about hockey or skated 
or played hockey, so I never cared. But I did collect uh, San Jose Shark cards because I love sharks. Oh, yeah. I love their logo, right? Yeah, I never owned any Street Sharks merchandise. What a lost opportunity, my parents. Yeah, me neither, actually. I never really got into the Street Sharks. Awesome! Yeah, right? <laughs> All right, so moving on, we have the Agfa Horror Trailer Show. Uh, you know I definitely already pre-ordered this. Yeah, you definitely got this, right? <laughs> I know you're a sucker for the trailer collections. Uh, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but... No, not really. I only get the trailer collections that they have commentary tracks. So I want to know the context behind them. Uh, and this one is especially interesting because while it's Agfa's horror trailers, what really um, gets me is there's a collection of VHS trailers as well. A feature likes one included as a bonus on this disc. Oh, cool, cool. So it's actually like a double pack technically. So I am all into that. So moving on, we also have the Curious Dr. Hump. This is a infamous something weird video uh, release that was like uh, on DVD. They like saved it from oblivion. And what's really cool about this Blu-ray is that it includes the American cut, which is the most common version that everyone's seen, and the original Spanish, Mexican version? Uh, Argentinian, actually. Argentinian, right. That's right. And yeah, it was like a Jess Franco uh, filled with nudity and sex movie mixed with a gothic plot. Okay, not directed by Jess Franco. Jess no, Franco-ish. like that? Yeah, very, yeah. very much like it. So we also have Grizzly 2, Revenge. Is it just Revenge or The Revenge? I think it's The Revenge. It's just Revenge, actually. No no joke. I mean, on IMDb, they list it as Sorry, Grizzly 2. Sorry, I was 2. thinking of The Concert is how it goes under, and right? I, they also list it as Grizzly 2, The Predator on IMDb for some reason. But on the Blu-ray, it's just called Grizzly 2, Revenge. Revenge, great title. Uh, for people that don't know, Grizzly 2 was a film that was made in the 80s, a sequel to the Jaws ripoff Grizzly. And the thing about Grizzly 2 is that it was never completed. Uh, it was always uh, known as Lost Media until the late 2000s when a rough cut was released to the internet. And it was essentially most of the movie, except none of the Grizzly shots, except for a few amazing animatronics in the climax. And then... I don't know if she was an original producer on the film or she picked up the movie later. Uh, she was. Uh, from what I was reading, yeah, she actually was an original producer. I think there were a few original producers, but one of them, I believe, walked off the set because there was no money and just, like, left everybody, <laughs> left her and I think the cast and everybody to just, like, figure it out from there. Well, they did, and the film never got completed. But now, finally, the producer is like, I finished it, and by I finished it, she meant... I spent a couple dozen dollars on I stock photo stuff and stock footage that I inserted into this film, and now you can watch it. And it's this week's Blind Boy. Blind Boy. I had to. I had to uh, suggest yeah, this, this movie's one. not yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, I I thought you'd already seen this maybe, but um, I'm kind. I'm glad you didn't because this was uh, a trip to to visit for sure. Um, so the thing is, when they were talking about it, I thought they had shot like new footage of like an animatronic bear or something like that, and they didn't. All they have is stock footage of bears, which I do not like. I have said my anti-stock footage in Animal Attack movies stands before on this podcast. I am all for, uh, if they had gotten like a fuzzy bear head, mm, I would have been there in an instant. Oh, that would have been amazing. The stock footage? Uh, ah, no, thank you. Even though it is hilarious when it shows it up. It is very hilarious because it is so uh, discombobulated and uh, just does not go well with the original footage at all. Because it's all like modern day drone shot footage and stuff like that and then some great 
uh, bad CGI bear shooting scenes, which were so only funny. at the beginning, yeah. where it's like stock footage of a bear, and they put like the action essentials too, like bullet squibs on oh, it. Oh, I know. It was like it felt like something out of like uh, like a Neil Breen movie or something. All and it just uh, I I love the first like open the opening credit scene. Like the first five minutes are just absolutely hilarious, and honestly. It just confuses you. It makes you th- wonder what movie you're even watching. And the and film, I... obviously, I knew this was going to happen when they announced it was, like, finished and releasing. It starts with starring George Clooney, I Laura know. Dern, and Charlie Sheen. And I'm like, I know they get killed very early on in this movie. These people, no shame. No shame at all. Yeah, they're the top-billed ones. I love that they redid the credits to make them the top-billed ones, but... Talking about that scene, though, that scene is actually pretty funny and pretty amazing that all three of those actors are in that scene together. It's just the three of them. And they all. So, like, how did that work? You know, I mean, Charlie Sheen and Laura Dern. They weren't famous. I mean, Charlie Sheen and Laura Dern were the, you know, kids of famous people, though. Mm, Maybe they all just love the first Grizzly. And they were like, yeah, we'd love to show up in Grizzly 2. Yeah, there's a hilarious, like, trivia note on IMDb, which she could have just been fake and written by anybody, which is just, like, the three of them, you know, showed up. And at that point, when they showed up for filming, the money had been taken away. But they were all really happy to pitch in and help, and they were carrying lights and everything. And I'm like, I don't – I can't see Charlie Sheen carrying lights around. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Uh, But it's a hilarious scene. I I mean, this film, it's not fun enough, I I would say, to recommend, like, the the original footage. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, it's it's called The Concert. It's more like Grizzly 2. The grizzly bear just hangs out, like, far away from the concert because he couldn't afford a ticket. right? They can't even, like, film a climactic sort of, like, scene, really, at the concert. Like, the grizzly needs to massacre people at that concert. Like. That has to happen, and it doesn't. So apparently they shot that concert footage at, like, an actual Nazareth concert in Hungary, I guess. Yeah, where it was shot. And uh, so they have, like, this huge crowd of people, but um, there is just, like, interminable concert footage in this. Like, the concert footage... It's endless. It's like watching, like, raw footage from a documentary. And they don't even have enough because it cuts to, like, generic, like, stock footage concert from two years ago shot on an iPhone. Yeah, it's not even just, like, you get some of that. Like, there's, well, there's no Nazareth in this. It's all, like, 80s synth groups that you've never heard of. And then, yeah, you're right. They cut in concert footage or, like, not even concert footage. Some of it just looked like music video footage. It looks like, like, Bachman Turner Overdrive or something like that or, like, a cover band. Yeah, like, who is that guy that, like, there? there's this, like, almost music video-esque scene where you're just watching this, like, yeah, Bachman Turner-esque Yeah, band. at some kind of, like, Canada Day concert. Like. Yeah, they're not even on the same stage or anything. But then, and then they cut to, you know, they've got actual footage of the concert goers and, like, the huge crowd. But then they also splice in, like, footage of like a an outdoor carnival sort of thing <laughs> yeah like that's more modern day that they're trying to like splice together i don't know this movie is like a complete mess for i mean thankfully it's only like what 75 mm-hmm. minutes long or something. it's not long and it almost should end with a title card being like i can't believe you lasted this long <laughs> at the end <laughs> oh my god i know <laughs> I, yeah if anybody like I, I can imagine most people turning this off once the concert footage goes on for like oh yeah 10 definitely or so. it's it's um, essentially like a scam it's like a troll movie it really is because apart from that the rest of the old footage is just basically like your typical jaws rip off 
yeah. you know, they're putting on this concert. They do have some famous faces apart from those three, though. Like Louise Fletcher is there as like the mayor of the town. There's um, Timothy Spall shows up uh, at one point, that British actor. John Reese davies as well. Davies really chews the scenery. He's probably my favorite part. Though, <laughs> I was like, very unclear as well how they killed the grizzly at the end. I'm like, wait, yeah, what happened? <laughs> I didn't quite get that, but I guess he like. It looks like he's like um, morphing into some metal stuff. It's, it's confusing. It's exactly what I thought it was going to be. Uh, yeah, I would not recommend. No and blind I would have me. to say, we got to talk about this release in particular for a sec. So this was put out by Gravitas Ventures, who, you know, usually just puts out new movies and VOD stuff and doesn't really do much. And this is a terrible release. Like, I, I'm glad that this is available in some form just because it's kind of funny. But like... Wait, how's it terrible? There is nothing... Well, there's no extras on this at all, which is not really that surprising, I guess. But even just the packaging of it, like the print on the artwork is all askew. The description on the back is just some sort of like computer genera- generated plot synopsis, which just like generically describes the whole plot uh but also has a ton of typos in it and everything like that what is going on at uh, gravitas ventures they've just burned this on like a bdr which is fine i don't really care about that but like it's just the whole thing is just like one of the cheapest looking releases i've seen and it's just it's kind of a shame because they're charging like 30 bucks for this thing and like yeah they're trying to trick people into buying it yeah there's nothing on it and like and even just the packaging like it doesn't even really look good on the shelf because like they use like really low quality like printer ink or something gravitas ventures has been doing that for a while their covers look like shit this one's particularly bad even compared to like their normal releases so like they they made a big deal about like being able to release this and they didn't even put like an iota of effort into this like even just the look of this release so very disappointed at Gra- gravitas ventures speaking of release. being disappointed i have an update of something that i talked about last week that vci batwoman panther woman uh double disc set it only comes with an english dub that's new that was made like this year uh, what? that yeah. is that's no not cool awful. that's not cool just terrible i did not know that because it doesn't even doesn't say that on the back. Does it does it? not. Or... They trick you at the back. Like you would assume that it has the. It even says English subtitles, and it does, but it there's no Mexican audio track on it. These companies stop trying to trick us with your releases. And supposedly it's because like VCI is doing like an underhand thing where like another company was going to release like a remastered version of it, and they rushed out that release. Uh, to kind of it even has like new English language titles that were done like in the cheapest font of Adobe Premiere companies you gotta like stop tricking us with your releases all right so moving on we're moving to the classic section uh the ascent the criterion version you want to feel bad Mark? Uh, yeah I'm not I'm too familiar with uh the director Larissa Shapitko's films um, yep uh, she was married to the guy who did come and see yes I know that um and I know she's yeah obviously a pretty big deal I just and criterion put out a set of her films at one point on their clips collection i believe so they've got a lot of the rights to it this film looks really cool uh but yeah, yeah two uh people wander through the wintry frozen wasteland slowly <sighs> die yeah, sounds very like bellatar-esque more of a bummer less jokes <laughs> more of a bummer yeah less funny oh uh, but the movie's Mr. great Bellator. i mean people who will pick it up will pick it up i'm glad it's getting a criterion release so more people can drag it out 
I believe the Ascent was on that Eclipse box set, uh, wasn't it? That's a good question. I didn't actually double check. Yeah, they did a Larissa Shapitko four film Eclipse set. You know what? It's it's possible. Yeah, it's possible that because I think they're redoing some of that. So moving on, we have Too Many Kisses from Film Preservation. And I looked into them and they were like, we're uh, dedicated to releasing all the films made by D.W. Griffiths and the Biograph Company. And it's like, oh, OK. I mean, that, that that's cool. Uh, but this is Harpo Marx's debut. I don't know much about this one. Yeah, this kind of kiss release kind of came uh, out. Of, I don't think anybody knows much yeah, about this, this one. Kinda, this release kind of came out of nowhere too. this company I'd never really heard of. Yeah, they, they definitely, you know, they've got the Library of Congress and film preservation logos on the back. So I guess they're hooked up with them. But yeah, I, I don't know much about this film. It goes. It with does. A bonus and it has a bunch of special well, features. So, so, you know, they put the they put the time in. It's no cheesy flicks. So moving on, we have the Warner Archives corner with After the Thin Man, your favorite drunken detective, investigate another murder, Nick and Nora. Uh, yeah, you know what? I think Warner Archive is going to put out every single one of these films individually on Blu-ray, and then they're going to put a box. Of course they will. We also have The Pajama Game, which I checked out because I was really interested about a union musical, uh, but it ends with the unionizers and management. They just get along and they're singing songs. It's like, what the hell is this. I don't buy that for a second. <laughs> no, no way, Jose. But it's not like Hollywood is going to make a pro. I mean, they are a union town, but you know, not for blue collar folk. Of course not. <laughs> we also have another musical, Good News, another MGM one from Warner Archives. I know nothing about this one, but I hear it's good. News. News. <laughs> we also have Room for One, another Cary Grant film. A New Jersey couple, Anna and Poppy Rose, adopt several kids born into less fortunate circumstances including a desperately unhappy 13-year-old girl and a physically handicapped boy with a penchant for getting into serious trouble. Uh, sounds like a real um, Cheaper by the Dozen. Yeah, it sounds like it. Wait, in Cheaper <laughs> by the Dozen, has Steve Martin, like, had all those kids? Like, one wife had all those kids? You know, I, I never saw either of those movies. I'm not sure. I, I'm they... just going to assume that he impregnated a woman 12 yeah, times. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it's probably two marriages that got together, but... No, I'm not going to think about that. It's just Steve Martin, fuck machine. <laughs> we also have The Man Who Would Be King from Warner Archives. It's a John Huston film starring Sean Connery and Michael Caine. Yeah, Kane. this one is actually a re, uh, re-release from them, too, because this was already put out in one of their Digibook Blu-rays before. We need your money! I know, which went out of print, so now, you know... I'm you trying to do my book. Mr. Krabs voice. Money! Money! <laughs> Uh, I like this film, though. It's fun. Yeah, yeah I like it. It's uh, one of those classic movies. Yeah, I saw it when I was a kid and thought it was fun. I haven't really revisited it. No, you never will. Probably never will. Probably never will. We also have, finally, Paramount Presents is back with a movie everyone's been clamoring for. The Court Jester. Court Jester. You know what? People have been clamoring for this. People love this Danny K. It's a Danny K musical that is very, very popular. Always been popular on DVD, and it's been out of print for years and years. So Paramount, you know, has finally put together like a new restored edition on their Paramount Presents Hooray! You know, time to open that wallet, drop that... 40-ish dollars on it? 40 bucks, yeah. Well, you got the slipcover on it, though, the slip this cover. time. They didn't take those off. You get a slipcover. Uh, so. Speaking of people double-dipping, uh, the swimmer's back in print from Grindhouse releasing. Yeah, and you know what? If you bought the previous release from Grindhouse, this is the exact same thing. I thought this was going to be different, but all this is is they've added a book, which I believe has the original John Cheever short story. So in terms of the actual disc, though, it's literally just the disc in like a new like 
package, like a new box. Grindhouse so. needs to get on that Frank Perry fever. We saw the Frank Perry films being released. But, you know, The Swimmer is a great film, and Grindhouse put a really oh, nice addition to this out with their first one. So if you haven't got it yet, you know, you, you should uh, get it. And for the next one, nice. get that knife out to cut the pound of flesh you'll need to pay for it. It's a box <laughs> oh, set yeah. from Imprint. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. The first box set we've gotten for, in from Imprint. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's only cost, I think I saw it, a photo that you posted, 200 and... Yeah, it's about 175 plus tax. So, yep. Yeah, about $200 Oh, there. I thought it was like 229 Yeah, something like that. <laughs> You're like, uh, you lie. Try to get them in through the don't, door. Don't, don't tell people how expensive this uh, is, please. Yeah, and this includes framed alias Nick Beale, Detective Story, and The Garment Jungle. Yes, it's their Essential Film Noir Collection 1, and I guess that Oh my means... god, that still comes out to $45 a movie. I guess, I mean, that's pretty much what it works out to for their individual releases. Um, yeah, but when you yeah. get a box set, they're supposed to be cheaper. I know, I know. And I guess this is maybe the first one they're going to do of a series, since they're numbering them, so all you film noir fans out there, <laughs> party uh, up. Let's rephrase that, the rich film noir fans out Which there. Which is essentially Essentially, most film noir fans out there. Uh, but I should note, Imprint, please give me money, or don't give me money, just send me releases, and I'll be like, oh yeah, this is definitely worth some money. So, such great special features. But until then, woo, out of my price range. Speaking of Imprint, we also have The D. Yeah, Peter Benchley uh, film... Well, he wrote the book. That... Uh, no tentacles, no sharks, yeah, not interested. Always, I've never seen this. I always thought this was a shark movie when I was a kid just because I associate it with Jaws. And then I found out it wasn't. And you're right. I just kind of never got around to watching it after Isn't, that. This is the one that Orson Welles uh, shot an unfinished adaptation of it. And that's what I always think of when I, th- when I see the title, The Deep. I've always been kind of intrigued by this. I know it's got its fans, uh, but... I don't know. I, I also hear that's kind of boring, too. So. I mean, it's a Peter Benchley film because something's coming out of the water on the poster, uh, along with Jaws, The Island, and... No, the one he made wasn't Tentacles. It was something else. It's very funny that he became the aquatic horror guy. Like, he could not get out of oh, that totally. box. And they really make this one look like it's a Jaws sequel or ripoff or something. But it's, like, just about, you know, treasure hunters, right? Undersea yeah, I think it's like a dead calmish kind of uh, story, or isn't it? Or is it, it like... Uh, into the Blue with uh, Paul Walker. Into the Blue. Isn't Into the... Isn't Into the Blue about like learning to surf again? No, that's Blue Crush. Into the Blue is with Paul Walker and Jessica Alba where they're like uh, treasure hunters or something underwater. Isn't that Turistas? Uh, no, Turistas is where a bunch of... Organ traffickers. A bunch of young people led by Josh Duhamel go on vacation in like South America somewhere and then they get caught and then it turns into like a hostile thing where it's like... Isn't that a perfect getaway? <laughs> all right, we could do this all day. Uh, yeah, perfect getaway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to new stuff. No, 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 no. Mark, take, take it, it away. away. We've got first up Doom Patrol season two, which I know is a show that everybody likes. Oh You're yeah, I love the thing. show. It's a shame that they uh, did not get to shoot the climactic episode of the season. Ah, really? What happened uh, there? What happened? A little something called COVID nineteen. Ah, really? What? What is that? <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Come Play, which was. A hit this year, sort of. People like this movie, right? This is a new horror movie. Yeah, it stars... Uh, uh, Jillian Jacobs, I believe. The person who keeps telling me that I should drink Diet Coke, even though it's bad for you. I just like the taste. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, don't drink Diet Coke. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like an Amblin throwback kid's 
with parents horror movie. Kid is imaginary friend or something like that. Listen, if there's no werewolves, gorillas, and or aquatic monsters, not not interested. interested. Well, moving on, we've got more horror. I've got Impetigore, which is the new Joko Anwar film, which we kind of talked about when Satan's Slaves came out. Uh, I really yeah, not our thing. Well, you watch this one too after Satan's Slaves. Yeah, well, I had to review this one when it was coming out on Shutter, and (laughs) you had to review it. They're like, review it, Mark. We kill your loved ones. I, I wrote a review of this film. <laughs> uh, you know what? I've historically liked Joko Anwar in the past. I just didn't really like Satan's Slaves. Check the records. <laughs> yeah, check the records. I like Joko Anwar. Uh, oh, yeah, because he this... made The Door, and that one's fun. That's a really yeah, weird one. exactly. And he did Ritual, uh, which I really liked, too. Um, but, yeah, this one uh, this one I liked even less than Satan's Slave. It's just it's, – it's basically about – a woman who just like were it starts off kind of interestingly because it's about a woman and her friend and they're just kind of struggling working like low tier jobs to pay their rent in the city which is very relatable and then she finds it then she gets attacked out of the blue by some guy and finds out that she's from this small town in the jungle so she tries to go back there because she thinks she has an inheritance to claim and then obviously it turns into very kind of like midsummer wicker manish sort of territory but the problem with this movie is like there's so many warning signs that things are, like, not good and they're, like, they shouldn't be doing the things they're going to do. And the characters just completely ignore them all and just go ahead and just get themselves into terrible situations. And When I watch these kind of movies, I almost want to take the filmmaker aside and be like, what, like, what movie is inspiring this? Like, what, what are you, like, basing it off of? And because I don't understand. They're such miserable experiences. Well, that's the thing. And I feel like he's really punishing his characters in this. And I just don't really like that. I just that just doesn't that just kind of turns me off. It's like if you're not even going to like make your characters like smarter, engaging, like why am I even watching this? So I don't know. It's got like a really effective like first like half hour or so. But after that, like there's one point in particular where a character makes the stupidest decision that really just turned me off for the rest of the movie. So I don't know. I mean, it's kind of stylish, but I I just didn't get anything. I haven't liked any of his movies enough to be a guy that's like, I guess I'll watch the new one. Kind of like I am with uh, Timo uh, Chahanto. I love The Night Comes for Us and Headshot. I really like. I hate their horror movies. I think they're just not good. I don't think they work at all. And I still watch like The Night Comes for Us. No, uh, what was it called? Um, The Devil Takes You 2, a sequel to the first one, which was their take on The Evil Dead if it was boring and long. Uh, came out and I was like, I guess I'm going to watch it. Maybe this one will be good. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, like right. that I come for us. And it's like two hours long. And you're like, what? What? what is going on, no, man? I, I think I'm at that point now with Joko Anwar. I, I, I was the guy that would keep, you know, watching his films because I liked his early stuff. But now I just I don't think I really care anymore. So sorry. And you know what? They could turn around and be like, uh, I get to make movies and you don't. I think one of us knows what they're doing. And I'm like, you know what? Yep. You're right. <laughs> you won this round. So moving on, we got more horror. Uh, the Village in the Woods, which is a British horror movie about a village in the woods. Hello, so, hello, hello. Yeah. Uh, sounds kind of like, you know, The Village. The yes, in the woods. A little bit in the woods. <laughs> Wait a know. minute. I, that guys. village is also in the woods. How do they get to that title? Are they like, oh, we need something that's like poppy and, you know, it's got punch. They're like something like Village in the Woods. But, you know, better. We'll stay up all night till we figure out something better. Yeah, I I took a look. I didn't watch this movie, but I kind of was reading some reviews. Sounds like it could be kind of boring. It's like a period piece thing, too. It just kind of sounds like The Village, but, you know, 
a British version of that. Uh, but moving on, we've got a Canadian horror movie called Bright Hill Road, which uh, just opened. I think this is about a woman who's undergoing a mental breakdown and is in her hotel room or something. I, I don't know. This seems like... Uh, a lot of those repulsion-esque type, you know, horror movies. But, you know, it's Canadian. I do love repulsion-esque uh, horror movies, but then I watch them and I'm like, oh, I don't I like know, this. right? Uh, but we got more Canadian stuff, kind of, coming up. We got Parallel, which is the new film from Isaac Esbon, who is actually a Mexican filmmaker. Have, are you familiar with him? Have you watched No, I'm not films? familiar with him at all. He, uh, kind of an interesting, he's been making films for a while, and this one, it just happens to be produced and, like, shot all in Canada, but his earlier stuff is all in is Mexican and in Spanish language. He made a film called The Incident uh, like five or six years ago about a couple of people stuck in like never ending loops. So it's like half of the story is about a family driving and they're just on the same road that they can't get off of. And then the other half. Uh, of it... That sounds like the classic film Dead End starring what's his name? Ray Wise. Well, I got to check that out because I love premises like that. I'm definitely a sucker for it. With this movie, though, the other half of it is about like two cop or a cop and a criminal who get trapped in a stairwell in like a hotel. And it's like a never ending stairwell that they can't get out of. Kind of an so it was kind of an interesting like mind fuck sort of thing. Uh, then he also made a movie called The Similars, which I didn't like as much, but I know Joe Dante was a big fan of. He was kind of like pushing it out there more. Uh, this movie is another kind of like sci-fi thing about a group of friends that they're like scientists who live in a house together and they find like a portal through like a mirror to like parallel dimensions. Um, kind of an interesting premise, but again, kind of like in Pedagore, the characters are so stupid in this that they, I know, they make the stupidest decisions too. And they're all just like such awful people. So basically they think they can Isn't go into- Isn't that hard to make a movie that like the characters, you just don't like hate them and want to see them die? Right? Like, and some of them like become villain because the whole thing is like they go into these parallel I like worlds to like- basically find out information so they can come back and like make money in this world so they'll f go to a world that has like an invention that we don't have yet and come back and like make it so they get rich so that there's kind of like some interesting stuff there but like this they just have no concept of how they're like messing with the universe basically even though it's like so they're all scientists and it's so readily apparent from the start that like this is going to be like some really bad like butterfly effect kind of like fucking with the universe sort of stuff you're doing but anyways i don't know this this movie's really dumb it'd but, be better um, if they were like evil versions of themselves and they have like mustaches and stuff yeah <laughs> and even the villainous characters when they turn villainous it's just like they're just so campy and lame it just doesn't really work anyways moving on to some classier stuff we've got some document we got documentary uh welcome to chechnya which is really well claimed it's uh about um lgbt activists in chechnya which is obviously a very fraught situation uh it's directed by david france who made uh, how to survive a plague which was a pretty uh hallmark uh documentary about the aids crisis uh about six years ago or so uh then we've got some more russian cinema god we keep getting so many russian films in here this <laughs> you is, can uh, just not order them anymore Mark. i know i know but this one's kind of like an artier one this is called infidelity aka vernost and by artier i mean it just seems to have a lot of sex and nudity in it because it's about a woman oh, who, yeah about a woman who thinks she finds out her husband's cheating so she starts to go on sex capades herself or something like that <laughs> as us kids like to call them sexcapades. Yeah, 
Sexcapades. So all you erotic art film fans, you know, here's a new one to add to your collection. Uh, past that, we've got, uh, for going on to stuff for the kids, we've got The Queen's Corgi, which I'm sure is a movie that everybody's looking forward to. This is an animated British film uh, <laughs> about basically the Queen's Corgi. So, uh, yeah, it's an animated dog. I think the dog <gasps> talks. Oh, Tim Allen's yeah, I think here. the dog talks in this movie. Yeah, it does. So... And he's voiced by Tim Allen? <laughs> yeah, I wish. It should be. If Tim, Especially if Tim <laughs> Allen was going to do a British accent, too. That would be great. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there you go. Uh, and then we've got our man, Sean. Oh God, it's a CGI animated film too. Oh, I know. No, right? thank you. I think it's from the directors of the movie, The Wildlife, which was like from a few years ago, which I don't, th- which kind of got like a big theatrical release, but everybody said was really terrible. So moving on more VOD stuff here. We've got Born a Champion. I'm sure you'll be interested in this. So apparently Sean Patrick Flannery from, you know, the Boondock Saints is, an. I am not a Sean Patrick Flannery fan. Did you know he's an accomplished? martial artist though apparently he's got like a black belt or something i'll believe it when i see it yeah i know well this movie he has made uh well he stars in i think he might have like co-wrote or produced and it's about him as like a martial artist who uh gets involved in some unsanctioned you know martial arts it's just a movie about sean patrick flannery being an awesome guy who's really good at kicking butt Uh, and he's hooked dennis quaid into starring in this as well and oh dennis uh, quaid man that man has hit rock bottom oh dennis quaid will do anything i mean he's not the rock bottomiest quaid for obvious reasons yeah he's still doing better than other quaid because dennis quaid was one of the guys who did that like you know what trump is good a promotional video that uh, people were talking about remember that (laughs) right right yeah uh and dennis Quaid, I mean, I guess he was cursed when he married that uh, woman that was, what, like, one-tenth his age? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, he's so old now. Like, dude, you're not, like, it's not the the 80s anymore. (laughs) He's not, I mean, he's not that old, but when you marry somebody that young, it ages you 100 years. I feel like he's definitely, what, in his, like, 60s now? He's got to be in his 60s now, right? He's like, Legion was my ticket to fame. I'm back on top, baby. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm back, baby. Uh, so anyways, you know, all you Sean Patrick Flannery fans out there, we've got uh, who want to Did see- you watch this? I did not watch this. I'm you surprised. Know, I, I feel like you. I don't I don't really care about Sean Patrick Flannery either. I, I don't understand. He's just a bad actor to me. Sean Patrick just... Flannery is like the poor man Stephen Dorff, who's the poor man's Christian Slater. Well, that's the thing. If Stephen Dorff was in this movie, would have been there 100%. And actually, Stephen Dorff is in a fighting boxing movie, which is coming out soon. So I'm very excited for that. So Yeah, what has the Dorfster been up to He's, lately? He's uh, in a new movie called Embattled, which is actually sounds pretty similar to this one. Wait, wait, I'm looking here. The Dorfster was in... The Dorfster. <laughs> a whole season of True Detective. Wow, I did not know. I only watched the first season of True Detective, uh... So I didn't know. Um, yeah. But he's in this like fairly well-acclaimed um, MMA movie where he's like, uh, it's him. It's like a father-son MMA film. So well, I know what's going to be our blind buy when that comes out. Yeah, it's been playing like it's already out on like VOD, but I assume it's coming out on DVD soon. So I will, you know. I'm actually back. shocked that the Dorfster hasn't been in that many movies. Like... I look here, 2012, A Glimpse Inside the Mind of Charles Swan III. Oh, oh boy. Oh, my God. He was in that. And right. since then, since 2012, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Pff, that's it. 11, 12. That's nothing for someone like the Dorfster. You would think that he'd be in all sorts yeah. of trash. Oh, he was in Leatherface, right? I remember seeing him. Oh, in it that. looks like he starred in a 2020 TV show called Deputy on Fox as well. Yeah. All right. I mean, he clearly still works, I guess. But yeah, he just not work very as, much. He doesn't work as much as I would think he would work. But I don't know. I'm I'm actually hearing legit good things about him in this new issue. Oh, uh, so. I see here that uh, the Dorster. I'm just gonna keep saying that. 
I just made it up I, now. Yeah, we. From now on, he will be referred to as the just Dorf like Star. Ryan Felipe. <laughs> Uh, he, uh, Steven Dorff was in a movie directed by your man, Rick Roman Wall. I love, I'm a big fan of Felon. Val Kilmer's in that, yeah. Whoa, Steven Dorff and Val uh, Kilmer? Felon is a legitimately great film. I will stand by it, uh, until the day I die. If you haven't seen Felons, check it out. <laughs> until the day you die? Which I gotta say, Mark, it's today. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's a great prison movie, though. You wouldn't think so. It looks like some bad VOD shit, but, like, it is really It looks good. like a prison boxing movie, but just reading the synopsis, it is not. But it's actually not. It's actually really really well done i i was because i expected i remember watching it way back in the day and thinking it was just going to be some terrible movie and it was actually really good all right and we have one last movie that i feel is special because you put it at the end here yeah we've got the clown doll from our friends at itn and i believe this is maybe part of the robert cinematic universe a little bit you have not dipped into the robert cinematic universe in i feel like a year it was such a big part of the early podcast your love for this robert doll i know and then i kind of fell off i still haven't actually seen the most recent one robert reborn i should watch that it's on prime too so just like i gotta check that out but the thing with the robert series it kind of got a little bit boring as it went on uh like the first one's great the third one's great but there was you know the fourth one was kind of just they were just kind of repeating themselves so i kind of fell off of it this one it's not from the same director or anything but it's also british like the robert series i think i think it's part of the same production Production company, I right? think it's the same production company. It definitely has the same production value quality in this. What is going on? Like, I'm looking at their credits, and this has got to be, like, a joke, right? Like, from 2016 to 2022, according to this, they the, this guy has produced 62 films with titles like Devil Gin, Mummy Resurgence, Cannibal Troll, uh, Tooth Fairy 3, Dinosaur Hotel, Amityville Cornfield. I mean... I don't know why you put cornfield in there. I think it's kind of like an asylum-esque thing, but for Britain, honestly. Um, and when you see these movies, I mean, you can see how they crank these out in like a week flat. Like, <laughs> yeah, from writing to shooting to editing to release one week. Exactly. Oh, no, it looks really cheap. And this one in particular basically almost all takes place in one woman's apartment. So there's really not much. I don't really... have a problem with that. No, I think it's great. Uh, it's a hilarious premise. It's about a woman who's got some... I actually watched it like several months ago because it was on Prime and now it's just coming out. Uh, I thought you were going to say several times. No, no, not several <laughs> times. It's not It's not Robert level great, but it's got its moments. Um, so I'm a, I can't, I'm a little vague on the details because it's been a while now, but I, it's a woman who's suffering from some kind of trauma and she ends up buying this like ridiculously creepy looking clown, like full size clown doll. It's not even like a small one. It's like <laughs> a man sized clown doll because she thinks it's great. And she just like sits it in a rocking chair in her apartment, which is so funny. And then, yeah, like you would expect, the clown doll comes to life. It starts killing her friends, like anybody that comes into the apartment. But it always does it when she's not there and the friends just kind of go missing. So she doesn't know what's going on. The cops come calling. The cops think she's killing them. And really, it's just the clown doll. And the clown doll is actually played by a full-size man in a clown suit as well. So, like, when it's just sitting in the chair, a lot of the time it's like a doll. But then when it gets up and moves around, it's actually like a dude in this suit. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of had fun with this in the same way I had fun with the Robert movies or... Um, like something like the Jack in the Box, which we talked about a while back, which I think is also part of the same sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, these movies are exactly what you think they're going to be. But if you have like if you like killer doll movies like I do, I mean, 
it's it's a good time. My friend had giant doll, like life-size doll, uh, human-sized in his uh, house, and it scared the shit out of me anytime I would walk by them and I would catch it out of the corner of my eye. Just horrifying. That automatically is just appealing to me. Like anybody that buys stuff like that to have them in their... <laughs> That's appealing to you? Know, you? Like I, yeah, like I have a creepy clown doll in my apartment too. It's not a life-size one, but I... He I had this it. like old-timey, uh, I think I talked about this before, like coin-operated machine that you just put coins and it makes like this horrifying doll on strings dance (laughs) and that's all it did that's all the machine did that's incredible i i'm a sucker for stuff like that i really love creepy dolls and you know and and you know what the thing with these movies and with robert that i really appreciate they might be low low budget but they always find a really creepy looking doll for these movies and that's like that's all I can really Are ask. Are you ever going to uh, make your own creepy doll movie? I think movie? so. I have actually have in the past. When I was a kid, I used to make movies with my creepy stuffed animals that I had. Uh, made, I made horror movies with them. Uh, I made like a teddy bear slasher movie thing when I was a kid. Like I, I made a lot of stuff with my creepy stuffed animals. Um, I was going to say, oh, no, I'm not allowed to do any teddy bear related things anymore. Oh, yeah, you're done. You're done with teddy bears. Right? I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I always go back to it. that and gorillas. I love gorilla based stuff. Oh, man. I had so many gorilla stuffed animals growing up. That was like my thing. I was like obsessed with them uh, for some uh, reason. My so. partner, Emily, she's always like, you always write these treatments of movies with like little things in them. Them, and it's like and i was like yeah because it's easier because you don't need that many actors and she's like yeah but it's so much harder to shoot justin like we've done it like when you have to do puppets and stuff like that like it's not easy <laughs> that's great <laughs> i have an amazing puppet master style script oh it would oh nice uh, i would love to shoot it and it's all like action figures that come to life and um yeah fun stuff well if you ever need any help with that i would love to be involved in that in some way because that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, the problem is you have to lower your inhibitions to be able to make that many movies <laughs> And I don't think I can do it. I wish I could. Oh, totally, totally. Just be stoned all the time. I have been getting a hankering to, like, make a killer doll movie, though, after watching all these, because it's just, like, you know, watching these, like, Robert movies with a clown doll, it's just, like, it's so easy to make. Like, these guys, like, crank them out, like, you know, like we said, like, one a week almost. If somebody gave me, like, $50,000 and they were, like, pick a movie that's coming out, give it a similar title, and make a movie based on that. I would be like, I'm in yeah. heaven. I mean, just give me $5,000 and I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to pay people. They just give some people some money to show no, up. No, you're so. right, you're right. But, yeah, so if there's any wealthy investors out there of the, like, 250 people who listen to this podcast, please contact me. I mean, I actually made a post recently where I was like, look... If you have money and you want to invest in a movie, give Matt Farley money. Like, you could just oh, look man, on Letterboxd and the reviews money, for yeah. stuff like Local Legend and River Beast, which are universally loved. Like, you would be on the ground floor for this stuff. And it's not going to cost he you that much. He's an accomplished filmmaker. Like, like, it would cost, like, if somebody gave him, like, 10 grand, he would he could easily make a movie. See, I would love to see what he does with 10 grand or more. And even. I don't think it would change the way he makes movies either. No, I don't either. think so either. I think he would, like, he's defiantly going to keep to his vision. Uh, I would just like to see, like, what he, like, if something, like, don't uh, let the river beast get me, which already is on, like, a huge kind of scale in terms of, <laughs> get like. Get me, get you. Right? Yeah, like, I just want to see, like a bigger, more ambitious project than anything's even ever done before. But I mean, River Beast is pretty ambitious. There's like a hundred characters. <laughs> I know. And that's the thing. If he can do that on like the kind of money he's working with, like what could he do with like, you're right, like $50,000, $100,000. I mean, even. and like if somebody just, and 
like it was a hundred grand. He could shoot it on film. It could get into film festivals. It would feel like nothing else. And he already has a body of work. So when you would go around, you could be like, oh, yeah, you're seeing this movie now. But look at all this other stuff the guy has done. Somebody even wrote a book about it. But that's the thing. I feel like he's a huge get now for film festivals because it's like he's got this built in kind of cult following now. And you can introduce people to a new work. And then you're right. Say, like, this guy's been making movies for years now. Because the way he shoots, uh, he talks about it on the Blu-rays I released of Local Legends. And uh, don't let the reviews get you. Are there st- still any copies available at Base Street Video? Still, still available at Base yep, Street Video. Or at GoldenLindaVideo.com yeah. if you don't live in Toronto. Uh, is that, you know, he gets them, he shoots them in like a day or two, and that's it. And then they move on. So, like, he, he has this down pat now. Yeah, that's the way you got to do it. All right. So that's it for this week uh, of the Base Street Video Podcast. Base Street, still open. Call in. Send email. Reserve stuff. Come pick still it up. Still doing our thing here. Still going or strong. Or order stuff, I guess. Has it reached the point yet that it's just you every day for, like, eight hours? No, we still have enough, uh, like, the phone still rings the emails are still coming in so we have enough to we still keep staff on hand and yeah we're still you know staff are still coming in and working shifts so that's so you don't think it'll ever get to the like start of the pandemic where just you staring at mailboxes yeah, the well, entire that was time when we weren't even allowed to do curbside at all so we kind of had to shut down completely but no i think it's it's we're going strong and that's the main thing we don't want we want like people to you know not be able to work or have you know people lose shifts or stuff like that so you know the, the main thing is we're still Getting enough uh, calls, getting enough requests that, like, we're still going All strong. All right. So, until next week, my name is Justin DeClue. Keep on buying. Keep on renting. It's what you want to watch. Matt Farley movies. These movies and many more are available at your local video store. <laughs> I was going to say Stephen Dorff, and I was like, no, 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 buy some Matt Farley yeah. movies. Uh, <laughs> it's not Stephen Dorff, though. It's the Dorfster. The Dorfster. Right? That's right. <laughs> I just love making up nicknames for people. I know. We gotta do like a Dorfster exclusive podcast at some point.